Sunshine. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the rap room. Tongues won't be bitten. Ain't no rules, just spill it. And anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. You tuning into the thrillers. And no, ain't no stopping. Any topic, even the random. Yeah, I hope that you're ready. We entering in the zone soon. We on a grown shit. Welcome to the rap room. Ah, uh, yeah. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, Lisa? 2016. Uh, 17. I did it again. 17. We are too close we, to 16, ain't we? No, we have let go of 2016. <laughs> <I know>. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> so y'all know how we did on how we do it on the rant room. On the show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture. But our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So you can cuss on my show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm really excited today. We got a kick-ass show for today. Listen, it's gonna be the shit. Icon. Iconic. Legendary. Legendary. Historic. Historic. Activism. <laughs> Activism, yes. Mothering. Healing. Yes. yes. Preach can it I, can, then. I, can I just tell Preach the long line? Like, this is my Go favorite ahead. part. Can I just tell you? Okay. Because <clears throat> I love this long line. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I hope you guys have it on Twitter, the hashtag. <clears throat> because I think this says it all. One woman, one city, no fear, 42 years, okay. people. You see how it rhymed too? Okay. I know you did it intentionally. Okay. <laughs> see? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I see. Uh-huh. Says it all. Uh-huh. Oh my God. Yes. Like I was excited. And uh-huh. I was like, I was trying to be cool. But it's like when you got icon, like I'm almost gonna start crying. Uh-huh. Cause when you have icons that have been doing the work that Jules been doing. That's right. That's right. Whew. Yes. Forty two yes. years. God bless you. Yes. And I'm Plus. so glad you're here to talk about it. and see Fitz, I'm so glad you're here to do this yes. documentary. Cause it moves it. people. Child. It moves and the music people. Yes. And just the the oh man. Cause I kept Woo. I kept fuck it. Let's get into the show. <laughs> See that's what happened. You start to talking. Okay. That's why we call it the rant room because we just be going off of some shit. Listen. Look. <laughs> okay. Look. Y'all know how we do it on the rant room. If you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get it in. Let's just jump in. Y'all hear her voice, Lisa Bolakaja over there. Mm-hmm. What we call you? AKA the street nerdist. Yes. AKA Sister Ratchet. Sister Mr. Ratchet. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Afro Indigenous auntie. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> AKA Run Go Tell That. Run Go Tell That. That's what's up. So we got in the house today, you guys. This is some real, real shit. Okay. This has been in the. You guys been. How long you been working on the film? I worked on it six plus years. So when wow. I wrapped it, it was six years of, of working. And, wow. and we've been in the festival circuit about six months ish. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, and it's funny to see her transformation. Okay, yeah. she's like, "I'm gonna go cut my dreads off." <laughs> it's important. <laughs> yes, yeah. it was a big moment in the movie mm-hmm. too because it was a big transition to what was going on. Mm-hmm. She's about to change her life, yeah. right? You and everybody I mean? needs to grow. Yeah. Correct. That's a good yeah. lesson for all of Correct. us. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So, welcome to the show, you guys. We have with us, and if I say your name wrong, forgive me, but I know who you are, oh, yeah. and I love you. My pronunciations just ain't always on point. Yeah. <laughs> You're already forgiven. So attack. <laughs> Go for um, it. We have with us uh, for the for the new documentary film, Jules Catch One. Everybody in their mama know who Jewel is anyway. See, that's the problem. We just know you as Jewel. See, the whole rest of the name is the problem because I'm always like, oh, Jewel. Yeah, everybody knows Jewel. Right. But then they added the rest of it. I'm like, well, who's that? <laughs> no, because it's like, really, no. Because like, earlier we the link, I was like, okay, Jewel, who, who? and you have the last name. Uh-huh. But it's like, when... 
when you're out with friends and you're out in the world and you're out, especially my activist friends and stuff mm-hmm. like that, a lot of times people get known by like either their one name and you don't need to say anything else because sure. you know who it is. So when he said the name, I was like, okay, Jewel. And he's the last name, Jewel. And I was like, okay. And then I realized, like, wait a minute. <laughs> is it that Jewel? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I looked, I was like, holy moly. And when uh-huh. he walked in, I was like, oh, my God. Because, <laughs> you know, we get people coming. It's like, okay. And I thought about it. I was like, wait. And now I know. Why am I knowing this? Thing? And I realized, as soon as she walked in, I was like, holy mm-hmm. moly. Mm-hmm. Historic. Yeah. So we have with us <laughs> Jewel Tyus. Is that it? Thais Williams. Thais Williams. Yeah. Forgive me. Um, and of no course, problem. C. Fitz. C. Fitz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Director. Producer. Mm-hmm. Pimp woman herself. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right here. <laughs> Came up with that rhyming right. phrase with the little little tag. I see you. Right, I see you. She right. got some skills. Like right. a song to welcome, welcome to the show, both of you guys. Thank we appreciate you for having it. us. This this means um, a lot for us to have us you guys on the show as an openly black gay male filmmaker, writer, director myself. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. Big time. It's important. It's you know, and you're talking about a story that's. I mean, I remember being 18, going to the catch the first time in the 80s or some shit. You know. So I does everybody get yeah. older? That's yeah. when house music was at us. Always there. When house music was its prime. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. When y'all when they played the best, had the best the DJs. Like, a lot of have, like, I was young and down in San Diego, but we used to have our friends that make the road trips that mm-hmm. would go up, who would come from San Diego to come all up to LA. In bunches. And yes. bunches. And then I used to sit and wait because I wasn't really old enough yet. <laughs> but you had to sit in the wait, car, wouldn't you? Like, you know, and, I, and I would have to wait for them to come back, uh-huh. you know. And it wasn't until like I had moved to Hillcrest, I got grown, had a car, and finally was able to come and mm-hmm. hang out and just club. Because where I lived in Hillcrest, Hillcrest is a, a really just gay friendly area. Mm-hmm. You know, right. Me myself, I'm, I'm not from gay. San Diego. But too. Are you from San Diego? Yeah. What part of San Diego are you from? Southeast San Diego? I well, I grew up in Logan Heights on Thirty Ninth Street. <gasps> I lived on Thirty First Street. I mean on 30, 30, 31, 39. Yeah, thirty nine. Thirty first South of Market. Okay, between Market and Imperial. Yes, yeah. Okay. And then when my, my okay. parents moved Y'all cousins, ain't y'all? What? <laughs> we probably everybody else is saying. I'm gonna have to go ask my mama. Mm-hmm. Like but no, literally people would drive up and like for me it was like getting those stories. Like mm-hmm. they would get bitch, they would get dressed. Yes, and then they would come back way better than going to church. They was they, they was putting the finest on. I would on. sit there and I'd be like, one day, mm-hmm. one day, and I yeah. just remember once being able to go out and just you know just clubbing. And there was something about I'm I'm just coming from perspective of a straight mm-hmm. person where mm-hmm. it was like the best clubbing, and you fit in. Oh, Queer folk, sure. they were yes. so accepting and embracing. Yes. And what made the catch one so so important was it was a safe space for not only queer people but for black folk mm-hmm. to right. to be able to be. Because there were situations where I lived in Hillcrest where some folks weren't very pr- friendly yeah. to POC. Like the, I grew up out. in San Francisco, the Castro. Yeah. They didn't yeah. let out black people come yeah, to some clubs. So it you was know, one you of those looked safe at weird. Yeah, oh, it's one of those yeah. safe spaces that you hear about. And then of course when you hear about it and you finally get to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a reason why they call it what the Studio Fifty Four of the West yeah, that's Coast. Right. Yeah, that's right. there was a reason why. That's right. You know, and just the music. And so, anywho, and women actually and, correct, right? Oh, correct, especially the women, especially the women, because it's not harassed to get single in. Single women could come there by themselves yes. and be able to dance. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to wait for somebody to choose them yes. or sit there all night, no you know, and not yeah. be chosen mm-hmm. at all. And right. you just there hanging with the popular right. ones that are getting all hey, the dances. Hey, Pat, right. <laughs> right. and just, just come just on get up and you know. And and most most of the women had had gay friends and had. Yeah, guy friends that right. they mm-hmm. hung with right. too. So right. it was really uh, a place, even though it was predominantly guys from the beginning. Right. 
the women start getting hip to it and, yeah. and coming out too mm-hmm. and, and slinging it. I love that. Okay, now we got to get into it. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, Fitz, let's let's just go back into how did this project come to you in the first place and what was it that made you choose to go ahead and spend six years of your life? Look, I'm doing a documentary on a popular band from the 60s right now, too, and we've been in it for two years and I'm done, bitch. I'm done. Yeah. But I'm yeah. not. I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish, but them bitches are working my nerve. But, <laughs> but seriously, but what, what, what made you... Um, well, there's a lot going? to cover. 42 yes, years, right? Definitely. And it's not only all that she did, which mm-hmm. is amazing, all the organizations, the club, and at the time I met her, uh, six now almost six and a half seven years ago she was doing the club at night mm-hmm. she was doing the clinic during yes. the day and also the vegan restaurant yes. as a cook so those three things so I volunteered my time you Jamaican agent that's what it yeah. is they're <laughs> in a lot of hats I mentioned that in the film yeah. <laughs> any job uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> and I met her because I volunteered my time to do um, for a charity she was winning an award mm-hmm. and they wanted me to stuff her whole life into two to three minutes really? and I um had already done a feature doc. This would have been my second, but mm-hmm. I was like, wow, you need a documentary. I don't know how I'm going to mm-hmm. stuff your life into two to three minutes, mm-hmm. you know, successfully with all that she's done and let everybody know the immense amount of history. And it was just unknown history. It's not in any textbooks. It's barely in any of the, the mm-hmm. newspapers, even mm-hmm. local newspapers. Um, a lot of her collection of photos and archival footage destroyed, lost. Wow. You know, it, it was it, back in the day, they didn't have what we have now as mm-hmm. far as technology. So yeah. it, took, it took some time just to dig up the right amount of history to put into it. Sure. And then following her along, and we thought that the 40th, the Catch 40th was really going to be the end stamp. Mm-hmm. And uh, it wasn't. <laughs> Life gets in the way. We had funding that we had to deal with, mm-hmm. and it's a documentary mm-hmm. and, and all of that good stuff. But we kept clicking along. And then she announced she was going to sell it, which mm-hmm. she did. Um, and that was a big turning point. Look, she's still about to cry. Look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, three years yeah. ago, she's still ready to go. Look. <laughs> she cries sometimes in the film screen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a pull on your heartstrings, what so she went through and what yes. she had to. That, that's a big decision. And, and at the root of it, I've learned watching her that she's a healer. Mm-hmm. So you have the catch and 42 years of the catch. Mm-hmm. But at age 56, she went back and. and started right next door nonprofit health clinic cuz all she did through mm-hmm. the catch heal people mm-hmm. and in the aids crisis she was losing her patrons left and right mm-hmm. so she opened it up to organizations she co-created organizations and and then you know created her nonprofit health clinic so and, 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 it was perfect intro, that it ends that, that way you just hit on something i find interesting cuz i remember this in the 80s even some of the regular gay clubs didn't want the people with AIDS to come into the club. She was the one letting everybody in. Yeah. You know what I mean? She was like, no, we still family. We still got to mm-hmm. stick together. She still had that thing. And they were just one by one. People were just two by two, three yeah. by three. They were just going left and right, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. And, and we talk about that. The AIDS crisis situation was, is a big chapter in our film mm-hmm. that you see a woman, <laughs> Jewel Tice Williams, you know, Touching these guys mm-hmm. that had it, and and people were Kissing so afraid. She was not afraid. You know, she yeah. was she was the mama bear leading mm-hmm. by example, and, and I'm sure scared. Mm-hmm. And she still embraced mm-hmm. everybody as she always did through her club, and that was so important to teach us um, that you know to not be afraid sure. and to not isolate as as much as we were, and and 
by her example, obviously we mm-hmm. everybody gets a little bit better. Now, for the people who haven't seen this movie yet, because you guys have been on the circuit for a Six few months, months now. Yeah. <clears throat> you guys are doing great, by the way. And um, still can't believe you had distribution. But um, <laughs> we can talk about that. That's some bullshit. Gotta get distribution. That's some bullshit. You know what's coming. You know what's coming. People want this movie. We're the little doc that that is chugging along, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, a lot of folks um, confused us with like a new Paris is burning mm-hmm. and a lot of different things. But mm-hmm. and it is about the club. It is sure. about the disco. It's definitely about the music because mm-hmm. the music in it is historical. Guys, and mm-hmm. we've got we've got oh, great oh, interviews. Oh, oh. I was like, how did they clear that song? Yeah. Thelma Houston. Clear that song. And Thelma Houston okay. has a specific she's story. In the, yeah, yeah, she's, she's in, in it. The, yeah. Thea Austin from Snap and Evelyn mm-hmm. Champagne King, Shame. That's yeah. a very, mm-hmm. very important song in, yes. in our documentary. And so we're not the regular doc. And um, we are definitely the little doc that that that, that could and should. Mm-hmm. And we're clicking along. We're getting standing ovations. We're selling out. Mm-hmm. And we're not the Paris is Bernie. It's actually about her life. Correct. It's about a legend. It's about Correct. an icon, as Correct. we talked about a little mm-hmm. bit. And uh, it, it's a much bigger story than just the club. Yes. Mm. There was, um, <clears throat> so where I was going with this was, to the people who haven't seen the movie yet, you know, our listeners are mostly filmmakers and screenwriters and stuff like that all over the world. Can we talk a little bit with you, Jewel, about like how you um, started the club and what was it for you wanting to start this club? And also paint the picture of this neighborhood yeah. for the people who don't know. Yeah. Sure. Um, I first got the idea, and it was a very fleeting one, Mm -hmm. when I worked at the market that was right across the street from from, uh, what was then the Diana's Club. Okay. And uh, some of my my customers at the market would come through and tell me that, you know, just in in conversation, that, you know, those people across the street, they won't even let us come in and drink a beer (laughs) or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. And, And I heard that. And I thought, you know, one of these days I'm going to own that place and okay. everybody will be able mm-hmm. to come. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> and that was it. I never thought about it again until like four years later mm-hmm. when I uh, had got my first uh, business, which was a woman's, well, they call it boutique then. <laughs> now it's a place where folks uh, go to get their dresses and, mm-hmm. and, and their gigs on and shoplift a little. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Keep it real, girl. Okay. Keep it real. I, I try. <laughs> yeah, so, um, in 1971, there was a recession, you know, much like the one that we were in mm-hmm. last and still hip, might be headed for worse. But... <laughs> Probably, Tell them. but we'll, we'll stop. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. we'll, we'll muster up what's necessary <laughs> to stop it. Um, and whenever there's there's a recession of hard times, then the the women who are usually mothers and wives, their girlfriends or whatever, then mm-hmm. they stop or slow down on buying and doing for themselves. They'll start doing their own hair, mm-hmm. their own nails, wearing last year's or ten years ago fashions, whatever they have. And uh, so I said, I need a business that's recession-proof. And um, so I was talking about this to my brother and one of my brothers, and he owned a liquor store and had owned various liquor stores for a lot of years. And he said, well, why don't you get a liquor store, Jewel? I said, no, man, that's too impersonal. I can't do that. I, I, I couldn't uh, 
got to be something, though, that I can go into that through session proof and then, oh, a nightclub, because we need one. And there's not one that's that's friendly to to us that's that's happening in the True. city. You know, I'd gone to after hours and underground this mm-hmm. and that, but but uh, nothing that I would want to frequent more than mm-hmm. once. Generally, mm-hmm. if right. I got out that night, right. and uh, so I I uh, got the uh, L.A. Morning Times and and I started looking through the uh, business opportunities in the want ad sections. Mm-hmm. So after a couple of weeks, I came upon this one that was near near the store that I worked from, which was consequently mm-hmm. near the the uh, club too. Mm-hmm. And so on my way to look at it, I drove by the club hoping to see a for sale sign or <laughs> lease or something on, and I didn't. And I went to see the other spot that was was in the paper and and uh, came back on the other side of the building because it's on a corner mm-hmm. looking for something maybe on that side that I missed. <laughs> <laughs> no luck. Really? No luck. So I get back to, to my dress shop and I go over and buy the morning's paper and I open it up and there it is. Mm. So I go back out <laughs> to, make, to check the address because it closed early mm-hmm. um, then and I went back to check the address out. There was. It's it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I couldn't sleep or do anything but waiting for the sun to come up mm-hmm. because I knew they were open too early, like 6 o'clock or so in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so I was over there at that time, and they told me the owner didn't come until 8, so I kind of drove around the block a few times and sat out <laughs> and stalked the place. <laughs> she was already decorating. <laughs> like, don't come over here. It's mine. Exactly. It's mine. <laughs> and uh, as soon as the... Uh, the uh, owner, Mary, whose husband had died, and she mm-hmm. didn't want the club mm-hmm. to run, and she was having to operate it while she tried to sell it. So mm-hmm. as soon as she came in, I uh, followed right behind her until I was here to to uh, ask about the club. And mm-hmm. she told me told me how much it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, okay, She's like, wait, five where, where divided by six. <laughs> <laughs> where do I sign the dotted line? Mm-hmm. And uh, as fate would have it, mm-hmm. I found out later that one of the guys from another little neighboring uh, dive place had come in after me. Oh. And uh, when she told him that, that I had already signed for it, he mm-hmm. said, well, I'll pay you twice as much. <laughs> she says, it's too, too late. I've yeah. already sold it. I already so. signed it. Okay. Thank wow. goodness. Wow. Yes. I had the tenacity to sit there like, I'm going to be here early. Mm-hmm. Your spirit was like, no, this is mine. Yeah. That's why you couldn't sleep. Oh, mm-hmm. I had to get you up and ready yeah, to clean at, that. At that time, I had that kind of faith about things, mm-hmm. though. You know, if it's mm-hmm. something that I want, I'd just stand outside and claim it. You know? <laughs> yes. And I was, you know, this was out of no spiritual or religious right. background. Mm-hmm. Right. It was just what it was. Right. That it's I like standing in line for them New Jordans. Well, I know. I see you out there. <laughs> <laughs> and I just say to myself, some mothers, sons, and daughters are going to help me get this money together mm-hmm. to have this place mm-hmm. and do this thing or whatever it was. And that's kind of so it. Let's, let's talk about location for a moment. Because that location was an iconic location. Mm-hmm. Now, let's set up this neighborhood for the people who aren't familiar with it. Where exactly was this, was the catch? 
in regard to the neighborhood that it was in. Now, you were saying before that, like, some people, you, you were working at the market across the street, mm-hmm. and that the, um, where that club and bar was, they weren't, they didn't really want your type in there. So what type of, what would this neighborhood look like to the people who didn't, who can't picture, like, where are we? Because we're clearly, we're in the hood right sure. now. Oh, yeah. You know oh, what I mean? Deep in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to, to set it up historically, sure. uh, where the club is used to be the outskirts of town. Mm-hmm. And that was a ballroom. Uh, much oh, really? like the, uh, it's the big ball, the Stardust Ballroom mm-hmm. in New York. Mm-hmm. It's that, it was that big, that huge, and this is what, what, what went on there. Okay. And uh, I met Ella Fitzgerald right before she passed. Really? One of my friends was her driver then. Mm-hmm. And uh, drove her by because I told him I wanted to meet her, and mm-hmm. so she came by, and, and uh, she looked up at the back. She said, "This I I remember this place." <laughs> she said, "I used to work here, and I used to go up those stairs because there were back stairs behind the stage." Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, this was in in the forties and fifties, not necessarily a course, but this is what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't allowed to patronize with, with the mm. with the uh, customers. Mm-hmm. She had to go up the back. Not stairs. allowed up the front stairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not up the front. Wow. Now the building right across the street is was the forum, and I went there when Cinerama had their first uh, uh, sound around mm-hmm. and all of that. And prior to them using it kind of as a test test theater, mm-hmm. it was. Uh, where where they used to have the um, premieres, okay. and and folks didn't have movie theaters in their homes mm-hmm. like they do yeah. now. Yeah. So anytime they wanted to show a movie to forty people or less, mm-hmm. then that's where it was held, and the mm-hmm. limousines would pull up and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and and like I said, it was the outskirts of town, so you had. Uh, Lou Rawls lived there after I had moved into the club. So mm-hmm. by 1970s, mm-hmm. there uh, was beginning to, to be influx of, of black influentials in that neighborhood, oh, okay. which is called the Country Club mm-hmm. Park area. Mm-hmm. And uh, so within about maybe eight or nine years, it had pretty much changed and almost become predominantly black in that immediate neighborhood. Okay. Mm-hmm. But there was still some some uh, others that mm-hmm. couldn't afford to, to move or didn't want to move or mm-hmm. too old to move. Who still had their ways. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most of them were too old to move. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. But um, so Will Chamberlain built a, a couple of apartment buildings there, big, beautiful ones. They're still, they're still hanging there. Yeah. And uh, a very famous old uh, gospel singer, Mahalia Jackson, mm-hmm. had bought a couple of buildings. And, the and, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, Marvin, Gay, Marvin Gaye's family lived on Country Club Drive. Okay. That was right around okay. the corner. And All right. Lou Rawls well, the, was there. The reason I wanted, to, wanted you to paint that picture, because I just remember where, where your club was, was on the corner. Yeah, that's really, really, really important because it was a hotbed throughout the entire time you were there. People kept wanting to buy it from you, you know, oh, yeah. or cause trouble for you to get out of there so they can take it over, you know. So that's why I wanted to set that up because I think that's super duper important yeah. to realize where she bought it. It'd be like buying it 
on Santa Monica Boulevard in Boys Town, right where Mickey's is. You know what I mean? Right, whatever the right, fuck. You know what I right, mean? Right, right. And but where yours was was that type of a spot, and it was this big, beautiful, mm. you know, building where everybody was like, "Now that could be this if we do this, or that could be this." You can see why people would want to buy it. Mm. You know what I mean? So, but you got it. And sustain that sucker for forty two years. I'm like, you better go, girl. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And and after I had at uh, least the, the downstairs mm-hmm. club, um, upstairs they did like a, a well dime a dance, but only they were charged ten dollars an hour for um, mostly foreigners that came in and mm-hmm. danced with the hostesses. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and um, she did hostesses in quotes, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those kinds of hostesses. Uh, I got the videotape. I seen them. <laughs> Which was operated by the fellow that owned the building at that time, oh, and uh, he passed away and didn't have any heirs at all. Really? And his accountant was still coming by collecting the the rent. Hmm without us knowing that he was dead and mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But he didn't pay the note on mm. the building. so Scamming him. Uh, mm. In comes the original owners mm-hmm. whose uh, parents had, had built that, that nightclub back in the 20s. Mm-hmm. He came in and he said, I'm getting ready to foreclose on on." On Ben, he died. He died. I've <laughs> <laughs> been paying ben that full rent. Okay, that's that cop. Not only that, when they mm-hmm. closed closed up the upstairs, okay. you know, me mm-hmm. and a couple of my my boys would would break in the back and steal the tuna <laughs> and all that stuff that was left over from. <laughs> and then and chairs and whatever, mm-hmm. and then we had to end up taking it all back up mm-hmm. there when we uh, got the club. Then we were able to buy the building. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's right. So, so you were the bar first. The club came later. Right. The downstairs mm-hmm. Jules room was was where we started. Okay, yeah. cool. And it was a nightclub. I mean, a a uh, more like a cabaret there. Oh, I had entertainment okay. six mm-hmm. nights a week. Mm-hmm. And uh, mixed clientele. We had people like um, Esther Phillips and mm-hmm. uh, um, Eddie James, and mm-hmm. and then local entertainers that played the the nightclubs here, as well as I had a couple of folks from from the Atlanta underground that would come out, and they would work the three clubs that had entertainment. So okay. this is what our club did. Cool. That's what that. I just wanted to paint that picture for the kids, just mm-hmm. so they understand, you know, the importance of where this place was, and in conjunction of that, and the time. Because later on, when you started, and they'll see this when whenever they start watching the film, go watch the film. I'm telling you, Jules, right. catch one. You got to see it. Yeah. Um, when they see the film, they will they will learn how much. And I loved a lot of the. Um, you probably got news footage, I'm sure, but. The, some of the footage you got of the kids in line, yeah, yeah, and the cops just harassing them, yeah. I mean, night was, after night after night uh, after night. You know what I mean? The things that you had to go through. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I mean, from the get go, she was harassed by by the police, mm-hmm. and uh, for many many years, uh, in a lot of different ways, coming in, rifles drawn, mm-hmm. and just little old Jules standing up to them like, "What are you doing here?" And mm-hmm. They they. They uh, there's a there's a funny thing in the film where she was written up for um, stereo equipment was the weapon. 
excuse because yeah. it was too yeah. loud. Yeah, I mean, they just they just can't try to come <laughs> up with every nice single music. excuse. <laughs> and what, what wasn't in the film was that that for a whole year they mm-hmm. had two detectives that their sole purpose for being on the force was mm-hmm. to stand out in the back of my lot, my lot trying to catch the music being up what? too high. She's listening to see if it's... Yeah. With, with their uh, meters. Their really? Meters. Yeah. Imagine. Every and it took night, them about a year to when wow. somebody opened one of the doors and the sound went out. It was mm-hmm. a hot time for them. And wow. And they swooped right in on it. Yeah, she was definitely targeted. And even in 1985, there was a fire... Mm-hmm. And uh, which is in the film. We got to do that in quotes. Yeah, in, in quotes, fire. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, upon inspection, not really by them because mm-hmm. they didn't really do much inspecting. Um, they didn't do any. Inspecting. Yeah. Wow. There, there were, you know, set behind the speakers. It was set up. Mm-hmm. It was an inside job. Mm-hmm. Somebody planted where they just wanted the whole place to be burned down. And uh, fortunately, and also, they took a little bit of time to get there to, to put it out. Mm-hmm. Instead of, it should have been five minutes. The street, yeah, they? five yeah. minutes, it was like Late, 20. Yeah. 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 Even three minutes or two minutes. Mm-hmm. You, know, you could walk it in mm-hmm. five. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then on top of that, they didn't give her her building permits right away. She had to fight them for that. I mean, just. Took you a couple of years, back. right? Yeah. To yeah, rebuild. Battle oh, after dear. battle, you know, and she was offered cash offer, you know, throughout all those years. Suspiciously, <laughs> yes, right? <laughs> in, in quotes, <laughs> cash offer, right? And, uh, you know, she just said, no, I'm going to rebuild. Yeah. So just stop. Like, just take stop the money. asking. Yeah. <laughs> we want to build townhouses here. <laughs> right. Well, they didn't care what it was as mm-hmm. long as I wasn't there. That mm-hmm. was the big problem. Mm-hmm. And you were, you were bringing all the freaks in the town, yeah. weren't you? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And they were being celebrated and having a good time mm-hmm. and, and living mm-hmm. longer and happier and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, some preachers rolled by and had a place <laughs> in the hood that they up. That's funny. So, um, truthful, mm-hmm. very truthful. Mm-hmm. So six years, Fitz, to make this film. Six years, but but it's perfect, meaning it, it was worth it because it shows you the, the history of the club, so important, but also the thumbprint of one woman being of service mm-hmm. for a community. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just the club, it was the vegan restaurant, then it's her clinic. She sold them all, and now she just rebuilt a new clinic, and she's <laughs> age 77. So it's, it's a great stamp of what we all can do, I think, okay, too, okay, just on, watching on, her on. life. Why she got to have a, a clinic and look, pay what you can? I'm like, okay, bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like, I think I got a couple coins in my pocket. Why don't you go ahead and fix all that stuff up in there? <laughs> <laughs> it's changed a little now. Because, oh, really? Uh, yes. Um, I still like to call it Obamacare okay. because <clears throat> they started calling it that. You know, put in a negative, mm-hmm. trying to put a negative mm-hmm. spin on on what our president was mm-hmm. doing for us. Right. Because um, you were so, taking care of people before they had insurance. Yeah, right. Then now, they had insurance. Now, are y'all going to get your insurance because we can use it? Exactly. <laughs> Come on down. Yes. It, <laughs> because it's available and mm-hmm. we don't know how long that's going to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this way it just makes more uh, for us to be able to do bigger and better things mm-hmm. with. So, keep it coming in. Definitely, definitely. And so, go ahead. You, you were talking about some of the things, the work that she does. 
Um, uh, yeah, uh, six years uh, is nothing to 42 years mm-hmm. plus now, 43 mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was a textbook that's not been written. It definitely took some time to dig up what we did dig up in it. It's a ride, too. The mm-hmm. film is definitely oh, yeah, a ride. I would like it's to like, write hold this on as to a, your as chair. A feature film. Like yeah. Oh, we're another... working on that, definitely. Yes. We're turning it into a scripted feature. Good. We're really excited about that um, because the, the point is to get this history, right. uh, the music, the. Mm-hmm the activism, and really what happened in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. during those years out to everyone. So it's important, important history. I was telling telling Fitz earlier, I wrote the script for Sylvester, as as you know, Mm -hmm. and um, when y'all had Sylvester in the script, I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Sylvester went there. Sylvester, when he he first started out, he came with his his mom, escorted him Mm -hmm. to the, the venue. But we had a live band behind Sylvester. He brought his own band mm-hmm. live, which didn't happen anymore after that mm-hmm. with any of the other no. disco artists anyway. Wow. But, uh, yeah, he performed live the first time he came in, and several other times he came with mm-hmm. the tons of fun. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, Man, I wouldn't be a fly on the wall back then. Yeah, I Damn. Know. Yeah. I, know. I was too young, Jack. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He's famous. Yeah. Uh, Love it, love uh-huh. it, love it. That's what's up. So well, it was, it was a great. good time. I was going to say, like one of the things, especially with all the the stuff that's going on right now politically in our country, um, historically there seems to be this thing um, with black women, especially queer black women, who are always at the forefront of getting shit done. <laughs> you know, I mean, like this is that type of history that we don't talk about in books. Yeah, right. You know, a lot of times when we do documentaries and things like that, it's always focused on the men or the black men or, uh-huh. you know, MLK and all those cats. But it's like, even now with Black Lives Matter, all the stuff that's going on right now, um, there's just something about black women, in particular queer black women, who they, there's just something in them that makes shit pop and happen and makes people want to support that. Now, for you, historically, I mean, it must have been difficult, as I can imagine, coming up in the 70s, trying to do something, and being a queer black woman, and not only dealing with being queer, but racism, sexism, Mm -hmm. you know, misogynoir, misogyny, all that stuff. Like, how were you able to maintain your integrity and just maintain that energy to keep going? Because I feel like if people are like, got cops outside for Mm -hmm. a whole year, Waiting for, I feel like I, I would be dead right now. Like the stress level would be so high. I'd be like, y'all, I, I mm-hmm. gotta take this money and go. Mm-hmm. You know, how did you maintain that for 42 years? She like, got a little gray hair. That's about it. You know, she like, still looks like she's 17. Now. Like, you know, those, those things I look at now, especially now we got the stuff. I, for those of you who are, are keeping up with current events and stuff, you got the whole Muslim ban going on right now. We got people doing protests at airports. You got crazy Cheeto dust president just messing up everything for everybody. Cheeto dust. No, just messing up everything for everybody. <laughs> like, what are some lessons that, that you can impart to those, of, especially these young ones that are coming up, who for a lot of people is their first time being active in anything, you know? Which is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we just had recently had the Women's March. Like, how, what are some lessons you can impart to those of us who, I'm not, I'm not young, so I know. I, <laughs> but I'm just saying, how do you maintain that? I just don't, I'm just trying to figure out what are some life lessons we can get from you because with this documentary and the work you're doing, like, shit hasn't really changed. No. It's just kind of leveled up a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's like, how, what can you give us, especially the listeners out there, those of us who are making documentaries who want to document this history that has not been told before? Sure. What, how, how, do we, how do we get to be like you <laughs> and keep it together? 
Well, I think uh, you start off with a couple of parents mm -hmm. <laughs> that uh, wouldn't, wouldn't let us settle for anything less. Mm -hmm. But uh, they were like a generation or two removed from slavery, exactly. so they all, all they still had at that part of them too that wanted to protect us. You know, so I didn't have the kind of parents that say, well, you know, if, if somebody hits you, you hit them back. Mm -hmm. You know, what they would say was, you know, you come home and you talk about it to us or whatever, you know. But uh, I had six siblings and, and we hit each other when mom and daddy were out. <laughs> <laughs> I think all but, but siblings The message do. that they did give to us was, was never give up mm -hmm. on, on the dream. Mm -hmm. And um, in order to make it, you have to be better or top or going for the mm -hmm. top mm -hmm. of, of everybody, you know. And when I was a kid, I thought, you know, does that mean she, I'm supposed to be better than all white people? <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. But uh, this was what, what it felt like right. to, to me. But there was, there was no quit in, in them. Um, my dad, for instance, when he couldn't find work, we came, the migration, the first migration mm -hmm. went from Arkansas to uh, Gary, Indiana, mm -hmm. chasing the dream because he wanted the best for my older siblings then. Right. And, uh, and he found out that one of my cousins was actually going to a real school. <laughs> and so he wanted one of my uh, oldest brother and oldest sister to go to a real school. Mm -hmm. So uh, they migrated north to right. um, So then after, after being there for a while, a couple of my uh, cousins and younger uncles were drafted into World War II mm -hmm. in the Navy, and so San Diego, of course, was yeah. the place that they came oh, to go right. to mm -hmm. the South Pacific uh, for, for that part of the war. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when they got there, they, they sent the message out, hey, folks, you know, the real <laughs> promised land. <laughs> Let me tell you about it. Where okay. the sun shines every day, you okay. don't have to worry about the snow digging mm -hmm. out and that, you know, and there's palm trees. So they brought all real. the black folks there. Okay, they did. They did. That next migration. Phase two. I told you y'all was cousins, see? Phase <laughs> two. That was hilarious. Yeah, so, but but they were determined to, to make it, too, and to do whatever. My dad actually picked cotton in Bakersfield really? on weekends to supplement you know, income, stuff like mm -hmm. that. My mom did her domestic thing, mm -hmm. and it was about, about working. Mm -hmm. um, we had, had perfect attendance in school, all of us, for the 12 years, because if you thought that you were going to be sick and stay home and do uh, watch TV mm -hmm. and click, the, click on mm -hmm. and this and that, forget it. Mm -hmm. See, well, you're not going to feel any better right. <laughs> laying up in the bed, mm -hmm. reading right. comic books or whatever the thing was then. So mm -hmm. when you're sick, the floors, the walls have to be washed. Everything in the kitchen has to be, come out and be washed. Oh, I'd be going to school now. Wow. Like, we, we all did. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Like the walls got to be washed. You know what? It's all right. I'll go to school. I'll just have to deal. We got the awards. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. That'll make you yeah. do it. Yeah. So someone had like a really strong support system. Yeah. And you must have had a strong support system to get this club going and just to keep it. I mean, who were, who were the people you were surrounded with to help you, you know, keep it going and to keep your spirits up? Because I just feel like 
like I'm still just sitting here 42 years. I can't even imagine. Like mm-hmm. I have, I get upset when, you know, <laughs> someone cut me off driving in traffic. Like I'm, my day's done. I'm over, you mm-hmm. know? And it's like, what was your support system in terms of your friends and people here when you moved to LA? Uh, yeah. <laughs> not, not really that many. Okay. And, uh, um, you know, I, I did a lot of it myself, and then I was blessed with having the right teachers show up when I was ready for them. Mm. You know, I came into the club, and, and as it, it stated in the, in the movie, without any sense of bar stuff. And I wasn't a bar person. Right. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I hadn't been out that long. Well, I wasn't even out then. I, had, I, I didn't know who I was. Oh, when you first started the, the the bar, you wasn't you wasn't fully out at the time. No, oh no, and she's oh, super really? shy. No, they really outed shy. me. Those children outed me. Bitches out of <laughs> came to the club. Them and babies came to the club. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and you know, it's set up his area. You, you was gonna have a regular <laughs> bar at first, yeah. huh? Yeah. But no, <laughs> that's, supper that's, club. But that's you so know. fascinating because it's like you were just doing something you felt in your heart that you wanted to do to create a space. And then the babies came through, and you gave them the space, and they were like, "We need to tell you something about yourself." <laughs> you know, I mean, what was that like? When I mean, you said that they 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 pretty much outed you, and you just you were trying to find yourself. Like, what was that like for you? Well, it was like um, scared mm-hmm. about you know what if this group comes in, and this is mm-hmm. this is in the movie. What if that group comes in? Mm-hmm. You know what's what if one of them tell my mom and dad? Right. Mm-hmm. Which right. was a really scary part. Right. And uh, so they just, you know, when we opened up, we, there was no way of advertising because we didn't have that kind of community then. Right. But the word, you know, they had uh, a saying then, telephone, telegraph, telesissy. <laughs> and, <laughs> Hold on, say that again, say that again. That's a funny shit. Tele- telephone, telegraph, <laughs> telesissy. That's yes. how we got. That was our social media. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So sooner or mm. later, somebody found out that I was there, and mm. they told somebody, and they told somebody, and then the children start coming, and mm-hmm. that was it. That's that's it for the film right there. That's it. That's the tag. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I'm telling you, that's it right there. Hashtag. Okay. That's funny. The word would get out. So what happened when your parents did find out? Uh, like most folks, like most black parents and, mm-hmm. and most your friends and everybody else, it just kind of act like it didn't happen. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Denial. Uh, didn't, huh. didn't say it. Um, mm-hmm. The person that told them I found out with okay, somebody phone just going hey. crazy. Clubbing already. Okay. Hey. That's you, Jewel. <laughs> See? Might be. You know, look, look. You know Jewel produced that one, too. She's like, that was one of my beats. Ten more minutes. <laughs> She's like, I did that for Kanye and him, okay. you know. Oh, get my rap. She's yeah, okay. exactly. okay. Get it, get it, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Telesis. I just graduated, you know, to these new phones. And, you know, from a flipper that I didn't carry. Okay. Either, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I'm not used to having it on. <laughs> but I'm just, you know, I ain't surprised yeah. you got that beat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even got that beat, girl. 
Courtesy of Verizon. <laughs> okay. exactly. oh, and, and I'll expect a check in the mail, and we are a nonprofit. No. <laughs> Verizon. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, so I found out much later that she had already told them years mm-hmm. before. Oh, really? And uh, like I said, everybody was mom, and, and my dad was still asking me when I would bring my girlfriends home for mm-hmm. Christmas or Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. when are you going to get married, Jewel? At that time, <laughs> I couldn't say that yeah. for in years from now, you'll know, because uh-huh. <laughs> I will be married mm-hmm. then. Right. And I did eventually... Uh, uh, have a sit down with him. I was 50 years old. Really? Yeah, at the wow. urging of, I was like 25 when I found out who mm-hmm. I was. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just thought I was a tomboy growing up. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the fact that my, my brothers always chose me for their football teams and basketball <laughs> teams. And, <laughs> and even to go out and win the marbles back that they had lost. Yes, down with the marbles. Mm-hmm. But, um, when I did sit down with him, it was when Rue and I were getting ready to do our civil cer- ceremony. Mm-hmm. And uh, with her kind of twisting my arm, you, mm-hmm. you better tell him else I'm going to tell him today. Okay. So. <laughs> and I love her. I'm oh, just going to say. Oh, she really? She, she's a strong yeah, president. Right. Look, the only way you're going to survive like that, you got to have somebody strong on you. Yeah. Whether they say ride right. or die, bitch, but you, you got to have somebody. <laughs> I'm going to call it, you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. But you got to yeah. have somebody who's on your side, yeah. who's who's got you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like she's got she you. She, she you know? She she did, she want to go on vacation sometime. But she, <laughs> <laughs> they did go RVing. They finally, oh, you uh, finally went? Yes. It was you for went? Palm Springs International Film Festival. They went RVing for about oh, 10 days cute. in Rue's new RV. That's cute. And uh, had a ball, didn't yeah. you, Jewel? Yeah, it was great. Okay. Cool. Yeah. With okay. their dog, Katie. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's so. an interesting character. Yeah. yeah. So she Important. should be strong in the Important. movie. She should be strong yeah. in the movie. So That's good. So 27, 28 of those years, and she's been, wow. been my backbone. That's what's up. And, uh, but I had lots of folks initially. Um, there was a guy named Tex, and he's mentioned in the film, so I won't go into his story. But, um, Is that the tall guy? Uh, uh, no. Okay. No, no, okay. No, I, remember, I, I just remember you really lost it on that point when you talked about the really oh, tall yeah. guy who became oh, small. Yeah. When yeah. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. During the AIDS oh, crisis was, yeah. chapter. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah, so uh, sad. Yeah, but go ahead. I'm sorry. See. Yeah. But uh, Tex, I'd mentioned as being one of those that was in. The club with the previous white folk. Oh, he's the one who taught bartender. you. Bartender. Uh, yeah. yeah. Some of the yeah, stuff. He taught me okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, how to tend bar to the handful of folks that mm-hmm. were there. And then at that time, our neighborhood, like I said, was, was basically black and becoming all black. Mm. And so we had actually had black salespeople for the liquor companies. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. And there was more liquor companies than one or two that they have now. Mm-hmm. Uh, liquor distributors, I should say, <coughs> other than companies, distributors. Then mm-hmm. there was maybe five or six, and so I'd have these different guys come in, and they would sit down at the bar and tell <laughs> me, you know, how to do this and that. And okay, open, you got all the and secrets. How to order, huh? and, you know. Um, so I was taught by 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 them and and text primarily because um, up until. After 1970, they didn't allow women to tend bar in California unless oh, they owned the nightclub themselves. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and and I wasn't really that, as the old folks used to say, that fast that mm-hmm. I went to nightclubs and then <laughs> before I got there, you know, I could count the times on one hand that I mm-hmm. actually went to a nightclub. Even, mm-hmm. 
but uh, here I was, <coughs> you know, and, and uh, that's just so amazing to me. Like, I have no nightclub experience, but I'm gonna buy a nightclub <laughs> and I'm gonna make it happen. <laughs> Who does that? Amazing, <laughs> and also DJ'd yes. when she had to when they didn't show up and made a few good mixes, <laughs> which is in the film. As we, few, as we heard from her phone, <laughs> Nick Vasquez. did what she had to. Yeah, we're following up on people like Ronnie Hardy that was mm-hmm. from Chicago and mm-hmm. Frankie Knuckles and all those oh, folks. Yeah, you know, wow. Legends. Yeah, legends of the legends. Yeah. Because somebody walked out and didn't show up or whatever, <laughs> you know, and... and uh, Trying to do making it. that mind time like, well, I got a DJ now. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <you go. laughs> That's yeah. funny. Yeah. So. Let's talk to you a little bit, Fitz, about um, style and how you chose to make. The, you were telling us off mic earlier, but how you chose to make the movie and you know what what was your style in this film in particular? Well, it's uh, it covers a lot of years as we know, and uh, I chose a lot of different looks. There's archival footage, mm-hmm. uh, Madonna holding her music album opening party. There's all kinds of archival photos over the years, and there wasn't back in Sharon the day. Stone, okay. Sharon all Stone people, was there. The Hello, mm-hmm. holla. Um, but there wasn't a lot of footage from the 70s, 80s, because we didn't have that kind of technology. It wasn't covered. And one of the things why celebrities went there is because she kept it so private. Um, You know, if you got caught snapping a a photo of, let's say, Mm -hmm. Sylvester or whomever, Mm -hmm. you know, you'd get thrown out. Hmm. So that posed as a a block. And we did a lot of... I, I, it made sense at the time. Though, yeah, too. it made sense at the time, and that's that's part of the yeah, story. Yeah, but yeah, we yeah. use a lot of footage that I stylistically shot throughout as a thread, and um, makes it cohesive throughout okay. because it is all about uh, dipping in and out of that club, that disco, and a style of emotion mm-hmm. of being in that club. So I shot it that way, mm-hmm. and that's definitely added a style sense to the film. So, yeah, it's talking heads, telling the history, but there's also a lot of weaving of some some great footage. I was blessed with a great crew mm-hmm. um, that got my vision, and we kept going back in over the few years, six years, and shooting more and more of this so we could use it as uh, like a paintbrush color. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's, uh, you know, throughout it, as well as, you know, you bump into this archival footage of the balls, that's used, yes. um, which is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. You know, all their mm-hmm. charities that the that the communities put on with Jewel, um, sometimes even lip syncing, which we see <laughs> in the film. Look, yeah, look, yeah. Hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, yes, you should see <laughs> anything for a dollar. Jewel does, and I'm telling you, and she is on it. She is in it like any character. She's just like. <laughs> Yeah, so we tried to make it, it has a thread of uh, some beautiful footage and then it has some rough gritty stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we were we were stuck with the footage the way that it was shot at the club back in the what day and it's a little rough and gritty mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, we, we go with it and it's a, yet another uh, paintbrush color that we used. So it's definitely But see, what I liked about that was that it took me back to, oh, this was a real time. They had this kind of camera. They didn't have that yeah. clear 4D, whatever, 4, whatever, yeah. 4, whatever, whatever, 4K, yeah. yeah. 4K. No 4K you back then. I mean? <laughs> they didn't have that, so it wasn't going to be crystal clear, but that yep. grainy made me feel like, oh, it felt like 
we were in the club and the lights and the whatever, you know. Yeah, you're so seeing history, it. which is important. It. You know, yeah. it's a, it's the camera's a little shaky at times, mm-hmm. but what's important is what's being said, what they're doing, what they're accomplishing. Mm-hmm. You know, without a lot of money, mm-hmm. obviously Jules up there herself performing, mm-hmm. and yep. that was so important. And the different outfits that they wore, and they they took their responsibility to raise money for the AIDS causes back then so seriously. Mm-hmm. And they everybody came together as a community at the catch to raise money and put everything that they had towards it, you know, whether it be an outfit or singing their heart out or doing it in a group. I mean, mm-hmm. all different styles we try to, uh, we try to display as best. There, there was, there, I don't know what you guys were doing. There was something, there was like an AIDS benefit. And I don't know if it was you, but somebody said, somebody yell out, like the names of the people yeah. you lost. Mm-hmm. Oh, just brutal falling during this moment brutal because you could just hear people go you know archival such and footage such and such and again yeah. this person this person i was like i mean it just you know it went on for yeah. a long time you only showed us a piece of it but yeah. you know it just kept going kept going yeah. kept going kept going you yeah know what i mean people in that club all the ones that that passed through that club people that they knew it touched so many people including jewel herself that mm-hmm. um you know a lot of patrons died wiped out half her community of yeah. patrons and that was really important to celebrate in the film touch on because the, the women are actually what ended up sustaining the club because so many of the men passed correct yeah in fact that was when when women started coming out to clubs that that just weren't exclusively mm-hmm. for them which were usually small clubs mm-hmm. after hours or something like mm-hmm. their house parties that was pretty much what the women did then sure, sure, sure. the few smaller clubs that existed were mostly guy clubs mm-hmm. and um, so we were like the first ones and this is the way I like to look at it mm-hmm. the first ones that had you know, a good mix of men and women coming to yeah, any given uh, night spot. it could be more yeah, or either right exactly yes, agreed Indeed. Yeah, so that was uh, an important thing that happened as a result of, you know, sometimes when I share, it's, 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 you know, despite all the the horror and the pain of uh, of the losses in that, you know, these were some of the good things that came out mm-hmm. of it. And, it was like I said, uh, go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry, yeah, and, and, and having the women come out, they were... Um, you know, at the at the ground roots level mm-hmm. of of the Minority AIDS Project, mm-hmm. and and uh, they were there supporting. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you yeah. Know. Just like Jeannie Tracy did with Sylvester, you know, and all that stuff. So exactly. I totally yeah. understand. Yeah. Totally yeah. understand. Yeah. She she played there too. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> I was just thinking about how, um, like, I grew up in the '80s in San Francisco, mm-hmm. where we used to go to um, um, the box. With Paige Odell's, um, you remember Paige Odell? You remember her? I know she used to come up here all the time. Odell, Paige, Paige, Paige Odell, Odell. I think that's her name, mm-hmm. if I remember. Yeah, I heard of her. She had a place called the Box. It was the catch there, right? But it was she's a white woman, um, lesbian woman who owned this club, but it was very much a black integrated club, and we used to dance on the boxes and all this stuff like that, sure. and. But it was very much any given night could be mostly women or mostly men. But it was always like a big mixture. It was a very diverse crowd. You know, it was one of the first clubs that was like that in the 80s. Right. And, you know, I think it sustained to like the early 90s or something. But it mm-hmm. lasted for a while. Sure. But I, I always remember it. whenever I come up here and go to the catch, I was like, I feel like I'm back there. Right. So they clearly were inspired by your club. Sure. You know, so yeah. Yeah, it was a, a great time. Mm-hmm. Um for for people to come together mm-hmm. and uh, and help each other 
and and a lot of people rose to the occasion too. Mm -hmm. As you'll see in the film, even um, politicians like Maxine Waters, yes, and, and Diane uh, Watson, mm -hmm. Jan Perry. They're all mm -hmm. supporters of the film in the film. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you and Maxine feel like you guys really go oh, back. You guys have a real good uh, dynamic on we, film. Do we ever? And mm -hmm. and. Um, I say Maxine, unless she's my cousin. So really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I refer to her, not to her face, of course, mm -hmm. as Mad Max. Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> or Representative because Maxine she, Waters. Uh, she stands up for, you yeah. know, and when you see she don't play. like that. Okay. She, she, do not play. she was just uh, on the news a couple of days ago, mm -hmm. and we, that face, like, look. That's yeah. all I'm saying. <laughs> she is so important look, to us. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. Not today. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. But she was, you know... Um, uh, very instrumental in, in, in getting funding in that. And every time, even today, uh, many, many years later, if, if uh, there's an a AIDS uh, celebration, which I don't like the word celebration for AIDS Day, mm -hmm. in fact, I wish that, whole, that would go away to, sure. you know, we were doing better day mm -hmm. and not, you know, keeping on with the AIDS. Like, we don't like anyway. diversity and being a writer either, so mm -hmm. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, she'll, she'll give me a shout-out if she's mm -hmm. in the middle of her speech and she spots me, you know, yeah, that's Jewel. Mm -hmm. That's Jewel Tice Williams. And she had to catch when nobody else would come mm -hmm. and let them in and she would do this and that and we work together and she'll just stop in whatever she's saying <laughs> and go into her spiel. No, mm -hmm. she's uh, quite passionate. A, oh, man. Mm -hmm. And um, and before the news and and television and all that, you know, got taken over, and she was she was on just about every week somewhere mm -hmm. for some cause or mm -hmm. the other, you know. And uh, and so you know, we, we, when you look at her, you, you can't stop, mm -hmm. even if you wanted to. She's the real deal. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And what's amazing in the the film talks about it a little bit is she she didn't know much about the AIDS crisis, mm, okay. and she was brought to the catch to meet Jewel, mm -hmm. and um, Reverend Carl Bean brought her there to show her what Jewel was doing, to show her the need that that was there, mm -hmm. and you know she virtually turned the the parking lot into a soup kitchen. She those yeah. folks didn't have places to go anything to eat they didn't have their family support most mm -hmm. of them and it was jewel who who was mothering all of them and uh people and maxine learned from outside that. because families were kicking them out when they mm -hmm. found out they were sick and they didn't want them around because they thought they were going to get it or whatever so the only place they could go was they were sleeping up in the in the club and like all kind of was crazy yeah it's like you in know? san diego we had uh in hooker we had mama's kitchen mm -hmm. same thing people whose families had turned them away or kicking them out people were like well we don't want these people around us we don't they had no place to go, mm -hmm. so we had people come together, bring food, and make meals, and go around and drive people who couldn't come. They would come and drive the meals to the mm -hmm. people, you know, mm -hmm. wherever they could find them. Yeah, we participated in Project uh, Angel Foods mm -hmm. delivery yeah. system too. Yeah. So they um, would bring meals to the club, and then then someone would go from there to to dispense the meals mm -hmm. in South Central mm -hmm. and Central LA. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, you know we. We we did what we we could, and as much as we could, and uh, I was on the board of of uh, APLA. Mm -hmm. I was invited to the board, and I said not not without 
kicking out some chips for, for my peeps <laughs> yes. over in the hood. Mm -hmm. So I was uh, there to make sure that, because initially, um, you know, they wanted all the, the monies that were raised and oh, sure. were being given, and, and this is where they were going. Now, they didn't have to want it. That's mm -hmm. where they were going anyway, mm -hmm. uh, to West Hollywood. And the folks that had started uh, APLA, mm -hmm. you know, were resentful of having to, to give up the money to to uh, black folks and, mm -hmm. and didn't until mm -hmm. we arrived and said, no, you gotta, you got to share. And so we, we did some fundraising. Um, we did a fundraiser together with them, a couple of them, in fact, mm -hmm. and with other, other uh, uh, non-black groups, mm -hmm. too, over the years. So uh, it was a, a good time for, for people to come together mm -hmm. and, and show, them, show each other what they got. Yeah, you've always had that about you, and I mean, I don't, when I think about you, especially after seeing the film and learning so much more about who you are, the, the club is super important because as a young gay black man, I'm able to go to a place and be myself for the first time. Right. But it, to me, the more important things is what you do outside of the club. Mm -hmm. You know, can we talk about some of the um, charities, yeah. the, the, the clinic, the, yeah. um, um, some of the programs you have going on? Sure, and, and Fitz emphasized this sure. in, in the film to uh, a lot of the things, but it was... Uh, Trying to fit uh, forty-two years. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot. Eighty-four yeah. minutes, and she did a because it is job doing it. Uh -huh. Important it to touch job. on yeah. those organizations. Mm -hmm. But there was a, a a lot of sidebars, you know, uh, that that did go on. Mm -hmm. But and not only organizations, but clubs that that wouldn't allow uh, black folk to to come in, mm -hmm. nor women mm -hmm. either. Um, the ACLU um, had started a uh, chapter on on gay rights, and they had asked me to join it. And I said, "Our rights are like yours in some ways, but we have some different rights, so Correct. we need a black chapter mm -hmm. too." So, so I was uh, I chaired the black chapter of the uh, the uh, the uh, gay rights uh, chapter in, in ACLU for a while. I love how you keep making sure that your people are taken care of. You're not just joining a group because they brought you in and just rolling with them. You're like, I'm coming in, but we're changing some shit. Uh, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because well, I, we, we don't necessarily have to, well, adding is changing, right? Correct. Well, even if they add another face, it helps. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But that's, that's the important thing. We always, Lisa and I talk about it a lot. We have to be in different, we have to be in position in order to make change. Like, yes. I'm the vice chair of the Black Committee at the Writers Guild, and I'm the vice chair of the LGBT Committee with Pat. I see you, Pat, over there. <laughs> and, um, and, and, and I am in this position by choice because I know that I'm always thinking about us right. in some kind of way. How can we help each other? How can we be more inclusive? No, let's not just do this. Let's make sure we do this. Don't, feel, don't forget us, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm that voice, and I'm not afraid to say it. Right. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? we love you for it, and yes. this is why uh, Fitz and I are here today. Thank you. And, uh, and thanks, Pat, for setting this yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Even it's though we, you know, we, we want to make sure that we, we made this, this interview Thank too, you. Thank for, you. for us. It, it's, it's, it's truly an honor to have you here. And Thank I you. think you're a special filmmaker. Thank you got you. a lot going on for yes. you. Yes. I can't wait to see the 
motion picture scripted version That's of right, this. That's right, the scripted version coming next. All I ask, can I be one of the club goers? Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> In the background. Oh, yeah. Woo-hoo. Go She's going to be serious about this. Stuff. I'll be sitting. I'll be just. Get ready to dance. I'll sit in front, 6 a.m., waiting for somebody to come walking by. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll get a chance on the on the 20th. We're, gonna, we're in the, mm-hmm. the Pan-African, Pan-African Film, Film Festival. Festival. Yeah, so and, February 11th uh, February and 20th. 11th is, mm-hmm. is our first screening, and, and uh, second Eight. one is, is February 20th, oh, yeah. which is a Monday, which is President's Day. Okay, good. And... After yes. that, we're going to have one of those old-fashioned tea dances. <gasps> what? To Two to seven. Yeah. yeah. At the catch. At the, at catch. the catch. Yeah. What? Get your get your. Well, it's a union now, but but our sign is still up there. They, they really. Yeah, they, they pay. This is an exclusive. Yeah. 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 We really? just set that up. Yeah. So wow. February 11th at 8:30 is the first screening mm-hmm. for Pan African Film Festival. Then February 20th, which is the Monday, is at 12:15 is the yeah. screening, and then two to seven is the tea dance at the Old Catch, which is now really? Union. So yeah. come on out, yeah. dance, support. Yeah. Um, small cover charge goes to Jules Health Foundation, mm-hmm. and uh, all great, yeah. great stuff yeah. okay. happening. Ten dollar, ten dollar admission. And the, the biggest shout out too is um, you can find all this on our social media. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Jules Catch it. One documentary, all written out. Jules Catch One documentary, either on Facebook or dot com. Yeah, and mm-hmm. we'll have that info so people can can join us. And we'll right? have the DJs that we can round up. You know, the ones that are still here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll come out and, and uh, celebrate and play for us. So. Yeah, wow. couple local screenings left. Can we bring Frankie Knuckles back to life? Can we have yeah. him? Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> How about my DJ, who yeah. was with yes. for 27 uh, years, yes. who was West Coast House music, that's right. which is yes. different from, from Frankie Knuckles. Sure, yes. sure. And uh, that's DJ Billy Long. Okay. He was with me for 27 years. He would want to be one of those sidebar stories in, mm-hmm. the, in the movie of how he came from a post post office worker at 27 <laughs> and quit his job and practically lived out of his car and lived in, in the club <laughs> learning how to play. He wow. didn't know how to DJ, but he wanted to know. See, you got these people just mm-hmm. like, you know what? We're going to figure it out as we do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, my God. And, uh, yeah. and years later, you know, he was on Billboard magazine as a reporter for 25 years. Wow. And uh, just uh, the the music, he was he was the best, mm. was the best. Mm-hmm. And I had Frankie Knuckles there on occasion, and Ronnie Hardy, who was Chicago's top <coughs> DJ yes. at one time, and, and and you know when the house scene was around, and, mm-hmm. and uh, he was with me for about three or four years, and okay. and he passed of the disease too. Mm-hmm. So, um, but we had some some good. Good DJs and and the best music mm-hmm. and the best sound system that we could afford mm-hmm. and uh, we just rocked it. I you remember know, you coming here that all those years. Okay. Oh shit! You got to You cannot be seen. Okay, it's about to go off right now. You come in, you know, because the the guys would go out for Saturday night and and they were in silk then silk, you know, silk was the thing, you know. Yeah, bitch, I got this silk shirt. <laughs> you know, and they would turn the collar out so you could see needless markup. I mean, yes. They, they need the markup. See that? Exactly. Yes. 
you know. 100%. No, not the two sisters, Polly exactly, and Esther. Exactly. Not those girls. <laughs> not Polly and Esther. <laughs> oh, no, no, this is a real deal. Okay, that's Rodeo Drive, bitch. That's okay. Rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> and they would walk out of there to be stuck to them. Okay. Mm. You know, if, if they kept it on, either yes. they had it in their hand. Can't, can't even breathe in it no more. <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah, it is. Thank you. Well, thank you guys for being here, man. Thanks for having it. us. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. You guys want to plug anything? Are you guys on Twitter or Instagram or anything like oh, that yeah. or what? Yep. Jules Catch One documentary mm-hmm. on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter. Um, those are all on our Facebook too, as mm-hmm. well as .com is our website with all our fabulous uh, uh-huh. bios and press is on there. Nice. Um, and we have Pan-African coming up and then we've got another screening in locally in LA in March that'll be announced as well as London. So Ooh. if if you stick with Wasn't our Facebook, just in London, we could yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We come and we go, and I we just won that. the jury prize in Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so please like us on Facebook and write a review if you've seen it, and uh, write a, f- a future review if you're coming to the Pan African. That'd be great. Okay, cool. yes. Thank and you. Also, take a look at the Village Health Foundation. Definitely, uh, definitely. Yes, there's a link there's to a how, how we can yes. support uh, yes. Jewel and all that she does with her nonprofit work. Um, that's also on the Facebook. Yeah, because this is what the film is has been doing. Doing for us, it's, it's highlighting what it is that we're still doing, and, uh, as well as as helping us do what what we do around the film too, mm-hmm. because that because it's about educating right. educating the future and also helping Jewel sustain with her new clinic, Village Health Foundation. Yeah. Good, yeah. love it. Cool. Thank you, Pat. Sorry we didn't have you on the mic. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pat Branch was with me, the one crew person that was with me all six years. You were there yeah. that long? Yeah. She worked on it. So not only was she... I saw you in the background a couple of times, man. I was, I was going to yeah. say, not only did she work on it, but she worked herself she, into she's it. In yeah. it. She's in it about 15 times. You know, documentary filmmaking. You counted 15 yeah. times. Any time I said, we need a model. Yeah. She had her first acupuncture. She was a patient in it. It was a little scary. Let's put her on mic. Let's put her on mic. Okay. Yeah. No, I was going to say they, they used me to um, set the color for when they were while well, Jules working, and then she had to come in. A stand-in. They would, I was a stand-in. So oh, got color, it. Right? Yeah, color yeah. Balance, you know? She and wore she many hats. Yes, many right. hats. Right. So yeah. she she became an associate producer on it, Good. which is fabulous, and then also a co-writer on it, right? Because Good. we have the Great the lovely writing. CCH Pounder as the narrator. Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's that we worked yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and another thing that she did when we were when when I was. Selected as the Grand Marshal of mm-hmm. the. Uh, oh yeah, she was in the car. Yeah, That's she right. was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were we were really just riding down the boulevard, minding our own business, and Pat jumped in. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> <laughs> she keeps jumping in the, the frame. <laughs> I, no, the, the driver told me he said get in. And I was like, honey, goes get in. And so I jumped in the front seat. And I did not mind. I was like, baby, people. All my friends were like, we didn't be afraid. Like me neither. But hi. <laughs> and Hashtag queen, Pat Branch had fans the, had, the, had the queen Well drag queen wave Down Pat Oh yeah <laughs> It goes a little It's a little limp uh, <laughs> I got tired Are you guys individually On Twitter That people can follow you uh, Yes uh, C Fitz underscore Is mine Pat Branch What are you uh, I'm Patty Chocolate Milk On uh, Twitter And Instagram And Trish Marbury On Facebook Okay 
Are you? And I'm Jewel Tice Williams on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest. And <laughs> okay, none girl. of it's been worked like it should be, but <laughs> we're going to take care of that. <laughs> but please contact all, any and all of us. And the Village Health Foundation yeah. also is on okay, Twitter, Instagram, okay. and Facebook, and yeah. it's all on our original Jewel's Catch One documentary spelled out. You can find all of us on right there. on. Yeah. Cool. Okay. yeah. That's what's up. Thanks. Lisa, Lisa, Coach Jan. Oh, they know. They can always find me on Twitter. I'm a Twitter fiend. Mm-hmm. I'm always on there, especially if I'm on Saturday Night Sci-Fi with all the live tweeting of all our sci-fi geeks. peoples, <laughs> And uh, bitch flicks, uh, film reviews, and um, yeah. Are you going to do a review on them, right? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, we need all the support we can get. Yes. We do not have distribution, as you asked once. So we are currently just starting that that trek, which for a little doc like ours, especially with the glorious music in it, you know, we've got a little bit in front of us. So any support would be great. I mean, the yes. fact you guys are winning awards, I mean, mm-hmm. people should be... Audience this, awards, this jury awards. This pisses me off about films that are black and LGBT. We can win all kind of awards Shut and people are like, yeah, you guys did great. Yeah. yeah. Then they yeah. give you a little pat on the back. No, bitch, we need some money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Let's distribute. Let's put it out there. Let's... Right. We do. I could talk about this all day. Educate. Yes. They need to know the story. Right, Pat. That's what's that. That's one of those ones that goes in the archives. Like, as soon as it comes out on DVD, <laughs> I'm buying. That's mm-hmm. like history. That's like history lesson stuff. That's the stuff you bring out to the babies. Like, look, sit your ass down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to watch this and talk about this. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So it's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. happen. We're going to take happen. a group photo and put it's it on Twitter. Definitely, you can definitely. find all of us yes. together. Yes. All right. Did you say where you were? Yeah, Twitter. Oh, did, okay. I'm tripping. Sorry. Netflix. Uh, I, Lisa Bolacazzi. Yeah, I, Lisa Bolacazzi. <laughs> <laughs> and I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR, on Twitter. <clears throat> Please follow us, too. Um, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com if you have any questions for us. <clears throat> and um, Facebook, follow us on Facebook. I'm so horrible at that. I never tell people about it. Facebook. Just do it. Just we do have it. Thousands of listeners. I never tell anybody about it. Yeah. Um, follow us on Facebook. Shit like that. Um, you guys know who you are. <laughs> Everybody join in with us for 2017. Okay, our little 2017. Thing. I got it. 2017. I think I got it. <laughs> Don't say 2016. <laughs> I got it. We went a whole year with saying 2016. Oh, then we were 2015 before that. Okay. I'm looking, de- I'm looking um, you dead in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> we used to always say keep it 100. And then uh, what's his name? Came out with that show. Um, Larry Wilmore. Hi, Larry. Yeah, what's up, Larry? He came out and he started doing our shit. Keeping it at 100. 100. And we're like, we can't use that anymore. Yeah. So we were like, fuck it, we're just going to do whatever the year do the, is. Whatever the year is, that's what we're doing. <laughs> 2017. Okay. Exactly. 2017. So y'all know how we're doing on the Rant Room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 2017. Peace, y'all. Ciao. Yeah, man, I got something to get off my chest. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the Rant Room. Tongues won't be bitten. Ain't no rules. Just spill it. And anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. We tune in to the thrill. And no, ain't no stopping. Any topic. Even the random. I hope that you're ready. We enter in the zone soon. We only grow shit. Welcome to the Rant Room. That's it. That's all I got to say.